Welcome to Tice Talks, episode 39. Today we're talking about social media and teenagers with our special guest. I was going to say Dr. Matthew Tice, but not quite yet. Almost. I'm a nurse. Very soon. (laughs) (laughs) Sumner Wimp used to say that I'm I'm not a doctor, I'm not even a registered nurse. But then he became a doctor like two or three times. So anyway... Well, this is Tice Talks, and we are so glad to have Matthew Tice. It's good to be here. The executive pastor of Liberty Baptist Church with us here. And uh, we're going to be talking... For 21 years I've been the executive pastor 21 of years. Church. 21 years. We, we celebrated just had, that recently. We just had a big celebration that was so kind so of our fun. people. That was fun, and it was a lot of fun. Uh, we had people from all across the country who... Uh, just for recognizing the fact that he has done so much uh, in uh, around the country. Uh, literally, he's been in, in different parts of the world. He has, uh, uh, but he's made a major impact here in Las Vegas. And we had, we had the sheriff of Las Vegas. We had, um, we had uh, people from all across Nevada. We had the Secretary of State. Uh, in services, making a presentation to him from the governor's office and from the secretary of state's office, just thanking him for the work that he has done. Yeah, so, so very kind. So I appreciate you guys doing that. Which says this? Which says this? You can you can raise a family for the Lord Jesus Christ. You can serve God, and you can still raise a family that loves the Lord. Because we're talking about your children today. We're talking about Ashlyn and Bethany and Charlotte and Luke. All of them love the Lord. All of them have got a uh, a heart to serve the Lord. All of them are enjoying ministry, and we're talking about how to make ministry enjoyable. And we're going to talk about some specific things, some some regulatory things that we place on children, and not just children in ministry, but every child should have certain things regulated in their life. Uh, and uh, and so we we want to talk a little bit about that uh, specifically uh, in this area of media. Uh, I can remember uh, a few years ago, we had a, a Maximize Life conference, and we had a police officer come in, uh, one of your friends, actually, mm-hmm. and talk about, uh, about when it would be proper to give uh, your child a cell phone. Would you want to talk about that a little bit? Well, there's so many dangers, and today the topic is social media and teen living. Um, I had the privilege of being the youth pastor here for 18 years, and so there's a number of young people, probably even some that will be listening to this, that would have heard me teach and say things about the Internet, about phones, and uh, even social media. I remember at one time, a girl came up to me and asked me about Facebook, and she said, Pastor Matt, do you think I should get a Facebook? And I said, oh, definitely not. It's it's bad. It's going to be bad because... My experience with social media prior to that was MySpace, and I'm dating myself with this. MySpace was bad. MySpace, I think it's, is bad. It still is bad. bad so the the invention is there. St- there's still a MySpace. Probably someplace okay. there is, but the invention of this thing called uh, social media had not seen any fruit that was worth eating. And I so, can remember. I can remember specifically us saying we're not if you. Are on social on social media. You're not allowed to attend Liberty Baptist Academy. If you're a teacher here, you're not allowed to go on social media. And and that's because most of the early on experience was very negative and very um, uh, nefarious. There was nothing good about it. 
So you've grown in this where 15 years later from the introduction of social media as becoming a large platform, it's so broad and accepted. We're even pushing out this content through social media. But there are dangers and there are certain things that we should protect and help young people navigate through these areas in their course of living because social media is all over the place. We have social media as something as benign, and I use that term loosely as Facebook, but then you have things like Snapchat or um, TikTok. TikTok, where you've got all of these different platforms where there's not wholesome or good behavior being promoted on there. In fact, much of it is uh, contrary to Christian living. So how do we engage our young people and help them work through this thing that seemingly everybody has? I was in a line um, in California, and the person in front of me struck up a conversation. They were social media influencers. One of them had 14 million followers on a platform that I had never even heard of called Musical.ly. And these platforms are all over, and they're producing content. And our young people are supposed to be engaged and have an understanding of this content. And yet, we want to make sure that they are not being exposed to things that would be contrary to our Christian values. They even have, um, I just found this out yesterday. <laughs> uh, you know, the, the word cool to me is still part of my uh, my language. But there's a whole new millennial language where they use, uh, there are terms that, that, that they use that I don't even understand. And I and I like to think I'm with it, but some, I'm beginning to realize how much unwith it I am with some of these things. It's amazing. No cap. That's whatever that means. I, I that's it. <laughs> Something about sweet tea. Something. Something. I don't know. Let's let's. We could probably go a very bad okay. place quickly and get ourselves in trouble. It's like I don't know what these words mean. I think it's this. Yeah. No, bad. No, and then not. and then we get censored yes. from our social media platforms yes. by ourselves. So. So, uh, obviously, smartphones are the way that many kids and, and adults are accessing social media around the clock. It's right there. It's easy. It's in the palm of your hand. Uh, would, so, transitioning a little bit from social media to just smartphones in general, it, would you say that the dangers there would be basically similar or the same as social media? Or, you know, why, why Ashlyn told us she was 17 when she got her first smartphone. So would mm. that be why? Because of the access to social media and the internet? Or, or talk about that a little bit, if you would. So I think there's an importance for parents to understand culturally what a smartphone means. A smartphone means you have become an adult. It's a demonstration of maturity for our young people. I recently had a ministry friend say that his 14-year-old asked him to get him a dummy phone. They sell dummy phones that are just bricks or like a prop for 14 bucks on Amazon. And he was asking to carry it around because it's a demonstration of maturity. It, When I was a teenager, getting your license was a demonstration that you are now a man, you have arrived, you have independence and freedom. But in today's culture, that cell phone is is your independence. It's that bar mitzvah, line of demarcation, if you will, that today you are a you are an adult. And so your young people, it's not that they necessarily need a phone, but it is a social construct that gives them permission to engage this adult world that all of their friends have become part of. 
Um, it's a status symbol. It's a status symbol. Yeah, that's a great way of saying it. So when we were, again, I was a youth pastor for 18 years. When our daughter was coming to teenage age at 7th and 8th grade, me, people, her peers were getting phones, and I was just uncomfortable with it. And uh, we determined that she would not have a phone until she needed a phone. When would she need a phone? She would need a phone whenever she was driving. Mm -hmm. And so um, at the moment she got, I think two days after she got her license, she got a phone because she's going to need this. She, if we are giving her the responsibility to care for her safety in a large vehicle, then she's demonstrating the ability to care for herself with a phone. Um, now, that was just our thinking, because we allow her to drive our kids. We, we have restrictions on where she goes, when she goes, who she goes with. And the same thing would be true of her phone. She's uh, been so gracious. She, we know the passwords to her phones. Uh, we know how to get to her iTunes account. She shares her location. So it's a great tool for us. And I think that she has stewarded that responsibility well. But for us, it was our decision that they didn't need a phone until there was a reason for them to need a phone. And they didn't need a phone until she was at a place where she was um, making adult decisions. I can remember when you, when you uh, got turned 16 and we got you that vet uh, so you could drive. We got, we got you that, a vet. It's 1982 Baby Blue. That Baby Blue vet. Uh, that's a Chevette, mm-hmm. not, not a Corvette. But we got we got that for you, and I can remember sitting down and saying, "Okay, this is what you're going to do, and this is where you're going to go, and this is what's going to happen, and and you can't go here, and you can't go there, and you can't." And you said to me, "You said, Dad, man, I thought this was meant freedom. I feel like I'm more confined than I ever was." And I explained to you that this is not freedom. This is now responsibility. And with with freedom comes responsibility, and and the reason we got you the car is because we we uh, we wanted we felt you were responsible, and but with that and that did give you some freedom, but you were now more accountable and more responsible to us than you ever were before, and uh, uh, that's that's something I think is so important that we communicate to our children. And we can't feel like we're we don't we can't feel guilty because we're putting restrictions on our children that the rest of the world could care less about. Well, I think our daughter too has demonstrated responsibility to have that. So if she was out playing a fool and doing a number of different things, not that she's perfect, but she demonstrated the ability to handle that responsibility at twelve or thirteen, she would have not had the ability to handle that responsibility. So. Um, we gave her the time to grow into that resource, that tool. And to me, it's frankly awesome that she has a phone. We know where she is. We can communicate with her. Um, It's been a wonderful, uh, wonderful thing to have. I loved having, I loved you being able to drive because I didn't have to go down to the store to pick things up and I didn't have to run over here and I didn't have to run there. That was the worst part about getting your license. Oh, you get to take them to soccer now. Oh, we need green beans. Go get them from the garden, or you can drive to the store. Either way. So what you mentioned, yeah. I was just thinking, what about the dangers of the cell phone? There you go. Oh, there's so many things out there. Because uh, young girls are being uh, solicited uh, on the phone. So I read a, re- a stat recently that under 11, 
Uh, over 40% of young people have viewed pornography on a mobile device. A mobile device. That's that's what's the percentage? Seventy percent? Forty percent of young people under the age of eleven have viewed pornography on their mobile device. Eleven years of age and older. My friend who works in the sexual assaults against juvenile, who helps work with trafficked children and get them out of uh, prostitution. Um, Many of those folks were solicited through some type of uh, mobile device or social media platform. He said this when asked. If a young, at what age a young person should get a cell phone, he said, whenever you're ready for your child to view pornography, that's when you should get your child a cell phone, which is a very sobering thought. So there's so many issues out there, and a lot of times the parents' lives are just busy, and they're consumed with paying the bills or uh, getting food on the table or managing their household or their work. Getting from one place to the other. Getting from one place to another. And it's easy to prop a phone and allow that phone to almost co-parent with you. And I think some intentionality about why are we giving this to our kid. If it is just a status symbol, then maybe it shouldn't be given to a child if it's a status symbol. If it is a way to just be accepted and cool, maybe we should rethink that. And are they able to do this? Um, frankly, on Ashlyn's phone, we don't have any filters, so we don't have any type of thing. I don't know that that's necessarily the best choice for us, but we are accountable to her. We know her viewing history. We know her uh, if we choose to. Um, and Brianna will go through it more often than I will. Brianna will be like, what's this picture of? Who's this person texting you? And she's very proactive as a parent. Um, but she has consistently demonstrated her ability to navigate those situations, and uh, we have trust in her. If she violates the trust, then there would be harsh conversations and consequences, but she has she has demonstrated responsibility. But she's also seven, she's 18 now, and so at 17, we felt, okay, she's able to do this. And probably she could have even done it at 15 or 16. We were just being a little conservative. I remember you asking me if you trust me, and I said, I trust you but I don't trust your flesh because you got the same kind of flesh that I have. And our kids, we have to remember, are subject to the t- same temptations that we are, are, we are uh, subject to, and we, we need to be accountable, and so they need to be accountable as well. Accountability keeps you out of trouble and keeps you uh, in a close walk with God. That's very, very good. Uh, I, t- tell me, now, I, I do know there's the flip phones, uh, Joshua's uh, son, Jonathan, had, had a flip phone. What's the difference? A flip phone is just limited what you can do with it. Yeah, they have a, a flip phone. It's just something where you can maybe call or text. Um, it's almost worse to get a teenager a flip phone yeah. than a cell phone because it's embarrassing. And um, even our my nephew... Uh, lost his cell phone because he didn't care. <laughs> it's not the status symbol. Because it didn't look cool. For if, but if somebody is wanting to put safeguards or put protections on a kid's smartphone, there's all you have to do is Google search, uh, protect my kid on their smartphone, or, and there's programs and there's applications that you can uh, adopt. So you don't have to be some kind of genius to figure that out. You just Google it and... and and say, what do I do? Right. There's a number of different ways to. Or if you to don't want to bother with that, you can just get Gab Wireless, or there's a couple different options that you can get phones that look like a smartphone, but they're not a smartphone. So they function like a flip phone with no internet, 
no photo sending, but you can text, you can call, have a GPS, a calendar, that kind of thing. So you can still look cool. and, and You can uh, look cool. You just don't have access to anything that could maybe get you in trouble. And that's why it's important, I think, if this is a social status thing, then maybe we should be helping sure. our young people with that. Number two, is it functionality? What are the tools that we want to impart into these people? And then are they, number three, are they responsible enough to handle this type of this type of tool in their hand so a jackhammer is a great thing but i don't know that i would let my daughter use a jackhammer why it's a great tool but it would hurt her more um a sledgehammer my son would it's great but i'm not going to give him a sledgehammer so you've got to just assess those things and make sure that you're making decisions and nobody but i think the thing to remember is that parents are responsible so if you're a parent you are ultimately responsible for what you're giving your kid and you can't blame Verizon. You can't blame the sure. content. And what is this TikTok thing? You are responsible for your young people and the content that you're allowing them to observe, to receive, and to distribute. It's on you because you're the one who will stand before God for what goes on in your home. And you know your child better than anybody else in the world does, mm-hmm. better than anybody. So somebody starts pressuring you to allow your child to do something that you don't think they're ready for, then you just need to man up or you just need to parent up and say, nope, uh, I know I know what they can handle and what they can't handle. Mm-hmm. Uh, and and just be the parent that God, God wants you to be. Very good. So now that, one last question for you, now that Ashlyn has a phone, has social media, how, what are some ways that you and Brianna have encouraged her or maybe would encourage other parents to work with their kids to say these are ways that you should be using your social media? These are some good ways that you can utilize these tools that we've entrusted to you. Well, I think we model it and we follow her on her social media. So That's I don't, important. Yeah, I, yeah, I don't have an Instagram, but Brianna has an Instagram and uh, um, Ashlyn has an Instagram. So if, if Ashlyn were to post something that would be contrary to our values, Brianna would confront her about that very quickly. So I think following, knowing what platforms the kids are on. Mm -hmm. um, So if you go through your child's phone and you see what is this icon and it's got TikTok, um, well, you should be able to follow. I want to follow my kid on TikTok or be able to see what they're posting or what their likes are or their suggested uh, suggested likes are because that'll show you the content that they've been observing. So the FBI, the Family Bureau of Investigation, mm-hmm. I, I believe in that. I believe that uh, you should shout everything. Your your children are your responsibility, and, and uh, until they're adults, uh, you need to you need to not allow our culture to make you feel guilty for any restrictions you place upon them. Don't allow our culture to, to, to make you feel guilty for knowing uh, what's going on with their life. Well, don't they have their own lives? Not until they got their own lives. And until then, then they, you're responsible for them and you need to protect them and you need to watch out for them and even protect them from things that they feel that uh, they have a right to or that the culture says they have a right to. No, they're not going to watch the shows that... I don't think they should watch and no, they're not going to go to the places I don't think they should go and no, they're not going to have things on their cell phone that I don't think they should have and no, they're not going to have privacy on their cell phone. Their cell phone is open and accessible to me 
as their father and to their mother. And I think that's so wise. I think that's so wise that um, you have done that with Ashlyn and you've done that with uh, that you've done that with your children. And I think you've just done a, a fantastic job too. I'm friends with Ashlyn on Facebook and I follow her on Instagram. And I've never seen her post anything stupid or dumb. Ashlyn's posting is always purposeful. It's always uplifting. She posts Bible verses. She posts about church events. She posts about things with your family. And it's just always very uplifting. And she uses her social media very well. Mm-hmm. So. She does devotionals on she there for, devotionals. for kids. Yeah. I love that. It's really good. Yeah, we're blessed to have her in our life. And so to be honest with you, Brianna is the one who's helped navigate her with the social media platforms on a hundred different ways and saying, you know, don't do this or do this Um, because Brianna's young and cool and I am not. (laughs) Well, I am and I'm glad. You are not. (laughs) (laughs) You am not too, huh? You am not. Okay, well, I'm glad that you came with us. I'm glad we talked about this thing. I'm telling you, helping guard your children against social media is so important because uh, because there's just so much harm that can be inflicted on them. Yet there's so much good that you can uh, you can gain and your children can gain from social media. So thank you. Pastor Matt for being willing to come in here and discuss this with us. Very personal, very uh, important uh, topic. We're talking about children and grandchildren. And uh, so I appreciate you being open and honest with us uh, in this discussion. You could say that we've been talking about Raising God's Kids in Sin City, Mm. which happens to be the name of another book that Pastor Tice wrote that you can get on his website at davetice.com or by visiting our church website at experienceliberty.com. And we've got a special going on those books right now. You can get one for $10 or two for 20. And uh, so I would, I would get that book as soon as possible. That clanging sound you hear is people on their keyboard looking to take advantage of that great deal <laughs> right now. All so across the country. We're going to go answer those phones that are ringing off the hook. <laughs> and we will catch you next time here for Tice Talks. Thank you so much for being with us as we wrapped up this conversation on social media and teen living. Remember, this is Tice Talks. It's more than a conversation.